It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's Jason Wildey with Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers on ESPN Wisconsin. It is the Aaron Rodgers Show. Tuesdays with Aaron. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. How you doing today? I am doing well. Yeah? Thank you. What were you uh, What were you looking at on your phone when you came in? Anything important? I, t- I told you last night at the event that we did. You can't turn private conversations into that wasn't even a conversation. You were looking at your phone when you walked in. It was a new uh, new Ford spot. Congratulations! Is that on anywhere but your phone right now? No, I don't think so. Okay, it's for approval. Now, is that the one that uh, Chris Francis is playing your uh, your favorite wide yeah. receiver? Okay. Yeah. All right. So we don't uh, we don't filmed know. right here in our backyard. In, you filmed it in your backyard? Well, Wisconsin's backyard, Green okay. Bay's backyard, Wrightstown. Wrightstown? Yeah. At the high school? Yeah, home of the Tritons. No, no. I just made that up. I'm not I don't sure. think, I they, I think Notre Dame's the Tritons. Yeah. Um, were, was there anybody there for it? Like, were the kids getting out of school and seeing it? Yes, yes. They, there was there was a lot of kids there. Yeah, well, I bet that was exciting for and them. And they, they dumped us with real water from a hose. Really? Yeah, so we apologize uh, for the field. You wrecked the field? Part of it. I think just the uh, the uh, field hockey area, possibly. I don't know. I made that up too. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're. Uh... So while you're making stuff up, what'd you do for your weekend off? Uh, let me see what I can make up here. Uh, <laughs> very productive. Uh, a lot of napping. That's true. Okay. And uh, TV watching also true. Okay. Document. I I watched a really good uh, documentary. Okay. I'm gonna give it a little plug here if you don't mind. You can. It's your show, buddy. It's called uh, Searching for Sugar Man. Okay. About a guy named Rodriguez who uh, made, um, I went under the name Rodriguez, the last name, put out a CD back in the uh, 70, 1970, actually. Okay. And it didn't do well. Okay. Uh, then he put another one out in 71, didn't do well either. But somehow it uh, it uh, made its way to South Africa. Uh, and the what apartheid was going on. This, on? Is, this is uh, Netflix. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's a top. It's a top uh, documentary. Okay. And uh, made its way to uh, South Africa, and okay. it was actually uh, uh, really inspirational for um, a lot of people over there during the uh, the, the apartheid, and um, kind of raising up uh, uh, people who were anti-establishment and, and uh, some pushback against uh, uh, the uh, the things that were going on over there. And so, uh, I don't want to ruin it, but he. Uh, these two guys, who uh, who were huge fans and also music guys themselves, uh, uh, they were inspired by Rodriguez, and they they wanted to know what happened to him because there have been rumors about how he had died and everything. So they go on this journey to try and find him. Okay. And I would really recommend it if you haven't seen it. So how do you happen upon this? Like, did you get a recommendation? There's, or... If you go to the different categories, you can click on like documentary and look at like some right. of the top ones. And I've seen a lot of them. I enjoy watching. Uh, Watching documentaries, uh, but I ha- and I heard a lot about this one. Uh, Papa, I think it actually re- requ- um, um, told me to check it out, but uh, recommended it. But uh, but yeah, I ended up uh, watching it the other night. Okay, so are you? You've got Netflix like on your TV. You got one of those smart TVs where you can scroll through and everything, right? Apple TV, yeah. Okay, so what? Since people would be fascinated by this, I think. What else are you watching on Netflix? Like, do you watch? Like, do you binge watch shows in the off season, or are there no. other things that you get caught up on that you don't get to watch because you're busy during the season? Or what do you? Uh, what's what's in your Netflix queue? Documentaries, almost exclusively. Yes. Okay. I don't watch a lot of shows. I, I watch Game of Thrones, um, Newsroom, uh, That's Jeopardy. That's a good show. I like that show. But. Uh, I'd like to get there's there's a bunch of great ones I'd love to get into. Uh, Ray Donovan I hear is a really good show. I'd never got in House of Cards, but I wanted to. That's uh, on get Netflix. Into that right? one that it is, yeah. But uh, it's just hard. I don't have time. I like to read as well. So sometimes you have to kind of kind of pick. Uh, Were you, you going for time. like a, a book a month at one point? I was, and I read about seven last year. So I was really that was like a personal record of mine. Yeah, I'm not. No. I don't put any pens on the jacket, the Letterman jacket yet, but uh, okay. I'm happy about that. All right. Um, one more thing about you said you had Apple TV. So you guys have your playbook and your film on iPads, right? So when you're watching film at home, are you, do you like project it onto the TV? How do you? How does that give us a little insight into how you prepare for a game? I'm not going to. 
You can't even tell us if you put it on your TV or not. I'm saving it for the book. <laughs> well, I look forward to reading it. Yeah, there's got to be some mysteries, right? Yeah, well, I certainly hope so. Um, so, you caught up on your napping. You watched a documentary. Uh, and some football. And, and some football. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you about a couple of things that went on in football. But, Go ahead. Um, I, I wanted to ask you first the value of this mini-buy. You guys... Um, you started on a Thursday, but it was you know kind of the shorter amount of time than you would normally have before an opener after training camp ends. But you got a little mini buy there after the first game, which you lost. This time you win a game, and then you've still got the buy to look forward to after week eight. What's the value in this buy right here? And is it different when you win than when you lose? No, it's a lot different when you win. It's it's uh, you know it's just uh, three extra days when you lose that you have to think about. Uh, the game before you can play another one, but uh, it was nice. You know, it's, it's uh, we got the three and two. Uh, get to get some guys healthy. We've been uh, able to stay fairly healthy, minus the major ACL and the injuries we've had. Right. Uh, so I think you know we're in pretty good shape uh, health wise. But, uh, but yeah, we're, we're uh, playing Miami, who's coming off a bye. So it's always uh, you know I think a bigger test when you play a team coming off a bye because they have an extra week to prepare for you. Uh, obviously, you know, like when we have our bye after week eight, I believe it's just going to be a win Monday, then we're out. So it's not like we're preparing all week for another team. However, the coaches will get uh, extra time to uh, put their game plan together and prepare and then usually get an extra day of work in on that Monday where a Monday would usually be a film and, and uh, workout day. Monday often after a bye becomes a practice day. So um, so that, that adds a little bit extra to it. But uh, I joked that uh, with, with one of my teammates we should have uh, – you know, one of these mini buys every couple of weeks because it uh, really helps you feel refreshed, getting to sleep in and and, uh, and relax a little bit. But uh, you know, schedule sets up better than it has in the past this year with the early uh, mini buy and then our uh, week nine buy, and, and uh, we're going to make the most of it. Are you still though philosophically opposed to Thursday night games, even though you like? I'm not. I I don't. I like them. Okay. Yeah. But you said that that was most guys that are colliding. What you said last week was most guys that are getting hit on every play Don't are not big fans. Yeah. yeah. So, other than quarterbacks, Friday might be a better day. But I know Friday is high school day, and then right. Saturday is college. So, yeah. But you think uh, that one day would make a difference? I do. Okay. Um, you uh, you were the guy that said relax when you were one and two. Now you're three and two. You're actually. Tied for the lead in the division again with the Lions, who obviously beat you once already, but you've got another matchup with them here. Um, and then you get the three and two, and after the game, you're talking about how you could have been better and you were stagnant on offense. I, I'm just curious from a leadership perspective what the thought process is there. I know the relax was a um, instantaneous utterance that was not something that you plotted as you came in here, um, but. I'm guessing that telling everyone that you have a lot of room to improve was on purpose, yes? Well, it was the truth. Okay. Honesty is uh, the best policy. Usually the best policy. But not always? It's usually the best policy. Okay. Uh, you know, in, in, uh, in the case after the game, I mean, it was, it was uh, what happened. We had a lot of three and outs, and then we had a couple of productive drives. We had five scoring drives and probably four or five three and outs. So. Uh, that type of inconsistency is not going to lend itself to uh, uh, to many highly productive games. Uh, we were able to you know, score a lot of points, but uh, it wasn't uh, wasn't really showing for us. We need to uh, you know, we need to uh, produce more on offense. We're averaging uh, you know, lower yards per game than we have in a long time, uh, so we need to need to pick that up. The, the scoring's up. I think we're in the top uh, six or seven in scoring, but uh, we need to to do a better job of. Uh, converting third downs and, and uh, having some more plays because putting a little too much stress on our defense. Why do you think um, it isn't quite where you want it? What do you kind of see that is the cause for that? Well, I think there's a lot of things. I think we're just uh, we're, we're not uh, we're not doing as well on first down as we have in the past. We had a rough uh, – uh, I mean, we chart everything in, in our uh, offensive breakdown, so our first down percentage uh, winning the down was, was very low. Uh, third down percentage has been has been okay. I think we're in the f- mid 40s. Right. Uh, red zone percentage has been up. Uh, we've done a really good job down there, four for four last game. But um, but I, I just think it's uh, you know inconsistency on first down has given us some uh, 
some more difficult third down. We you know didn't convert a, a third and one last game. Didn't convert a third and four. Where I missed Jordy. So just some plays that we've uh, we've hit in the past. Uh, we didn't hit, and you got to hit those to get more more plays. And uh, you know when you uh, last game we had zero drives. Uh, there were ten players or more, and we've you know over the years have had uh, you know two, three, four, five of those per game. And if you're not getting those, then you're obviously not uh, reaching that seventy plus play potential. Um, you. You said you watched some games besides your documentary. What did you? What games did you watch over the weekend? Well, there were some great college football games. Okay, I watched uh, both the games uh, with teams from Mississippi, uh, Old Miss, Alabama, and then Mississippi State, Texas A&M. Were entertaining games. Uh, do you watch? How do you watch games though? Like you well, don't I watch kinda, like the rest of us, right? In the vertical position or horizontal, <laughs> nice, depending uh, if I'm uh, intrigued. Around, you know, right. Yeah, um, but. You you obviously see a different game when you watch on TV than us, right? Do you watch for entertainment? Or are you seeing route combinations and protections and and where the quarterback's going with the ball? Yeah, I watch the quarterbacks or... a lot. I mean, um, the, the uh, I've watched a Bo Wallace for a while at Ole Miss. You know, he does uh, does some nice things. He moves around a little bit. He's got a good arm. Um, and I like the kid. Uh, I think his name is Dak, right? For uh, I'm pretty sure his name is Dak. Or my first name for Mississippi State, and he made a ton of plays with his legs and with his arm. Uh, threw a beautiful uh, back shoulder, kind of on a line throw that put him uh, put him ahead by I believe three touchdowns, and then ran one in to put him up four scores. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean this it's interesting college football this year. They finally have a playoff. It's still not enough teams, but finally have a playoff. How many is enough? At least eight. You got plenty of time for it. You'd at rather least have sixteen. Uh, 16, I think, yeah, 64. <laughs> Basketball does it. Uh, but, no, I think 16 is, is more realistic. At least eight, though. You need at least eight. Okay. Um, but uh, but it, it's definitely changed some things because people are thinking about how they can get in now with one loss. Oregon, you know, it was a rough rough weekend for the uh, for the top ten. You know, Oregon got beat on a, what, Thursday? Right. right, they got beat shortly after your game. Yeah. Um, Oregon lost. You know, Alabama lost. uh Oklahoma lost, so there's a lot of parity in, in college football and in pro football. We have no no undefeated teams, and I read something today that 24 teams are within one game of the division lead, which uh, I'm sure the NFL is enjoying. Hi, nice segue. Um, did Thanks. you so did you watch any NFL games? Because that's what I wanted to ask you. I did. I like the Red Zone Channel. Very entertaining. Uh, is that? It's a little overwhelming. A lot of stuff it? going on. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard to sleep right now because a lot of times you can watch a game and it goes commercials. You can kind of pass out, but the red zone channel is just hitting you with you know, hit the updates and red zone right. plays and scoring plays like crazy. So what uh, what do you think of that parody though? Like you can't really figure out this league right now, can you? I mean, for example, the Sunday night game, the Patriots. Everyone, I think Tom was facing a lot of the stuff that you were facing uh, at one and two, and then they get. A big win against the previously undefeated team on Sunday Night Football. What do you, how do, what do you kind of make of where the league is? And and maybe you know, I know you're friends with Tom. Did you, did you correspond with him at all, or do you know what he went through at all when his team was getting some criticism? I think there's 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 too many knee jerk reactions to get uh, publicity. I think these days there's just too many. Uh, the coverage is so intense because of fantasy football and because of the league and the and the contracts that we have uh, with um, CBS and Fox and. Um, ESPN Monday Night Football and NBC Sunday Night Football and the Thursday night stuff they've been doing on the network. There's just there's so many voices now, and you have Twitter with just you know it's a knee jerk reaction almost every week about something. And uh, you know there's always going to be reactions throughout the season, but uh, I don't remember a time where there's so many early in the year. You know, with on, on both sides. You know, Arizona's four and one. They're they're the best team in the league, or Cincinnati's. You know, this is their year. Uh, you know, we're, you know, we're on the way out. Brady's getting too old. You know, there's just just some some ridiculous knee-jerk reactions. that get uh, more publicity this year for whatever reason than in the past. I don't. Know, it could be because the people saying them, or it could just be because uh, people don't have original thoughts. And if somebody says something, they want to they want to jump on top of it and and. Uh, and stand on the shoulders of another comment that might be uh, valid or might not. But uh, you know, it's, I was happy for Tom because Tom's a buddy, and and um, you know they they had a great performance on on Sunday night, and it just uh, you know I think I think Tom knows 
it's always fun to kind of prove those people wrong when they when they start piling on and telling you you can't play anymore. Does does any of that noise make it any harder on you as a player? Like, do you let do you? Is it still easy to block it out, or do you let a little bit of it in, in motivationally, or how do you deal with it? Yeah, I think I think some of it gets in on its own. I and mean, there's so many. As Tom said, you know, he's getting emails from people asking if he's okay, and he said, you know, nobody died. We lost the football game. You know. Right. Um, so yeah, some of it gets in. It just it, it can't help it. You have a TV, you have a, a phone, you have, um, you know, stuff that, that's going to get to you one way or another. But uh, not if you're watching Netflix documentaries. Right, that's true. But you never know. There's probably NFL's going to start buying ads and those things to <laughs> tell people to play fantasy football. And I don't know. What's um? Just to go back to the game. Um, how different is your offense when Eddie gets going, and and what did, what was it about Eddie in the offensive line? You know, I, I know the Vikings struggle a little bit there, but how how important is it to have Eddie be Eddie as opposed to what he kind of went through the first four games? Eddie's always been Eddie, but okay. but yeah, he just got some more opportunities to run in some big holes, and he and he ran with a lot of confidence. I think you know he. Uh, he, there wasn't a stutter stepping in the open field. He was looking for contact, and I think that's when Eddie runs at his best. Uh, he also was very decisive with his cuts, uh, which we always need him to be. But I think a lot of that was because it was clean, um, you know, clean blocking. I think the interior three did a really nice job of, uh, of opening some holes, and the outside guys set the edges really nicely. So, um, you know, the, the line's been doing a really good job of protecting. And uh, the blocking was really solid in the game. Gave him and James a lot of opportunities, and um, you know it helps out if you can throw a little bit. But uh, it goes it goes both ways. If we, if we can run it uh, effectively, then we can have opportunities to uh, take some shots down the field, like we had Jordy on, and, and we take some shots down the field and we get some uh, clean clean looks to run the ball. You um you also got Devontae Adams' his first NFL touchdown officially, since the one in Chicago didn't count. Um, <laughs> You've talked a little bit about him the last couple of weeks. How have you seen? You, you mentioned confidence. Is it a confidence thing? Is it just more reps? What have you? How have you seen him develop over the last couple of weeks? And you know, I don't know if Boykin's going to be back this week or not, but Devontae's role is probably still going to be significant to what you guys do. Yeah, he's doing a really good job. Uh, he's he's practicing better, and the jumps that we've seen all of our receivers make around here happen coincide with. Uh, playing better in practice. James Jones did it. Greg did it. Uh, Boykin. Um, Jordy. Randall. You know, when those guys start making a lot of plays in practice, they start making plays in the games. Um, and, and the more film you watch of us, uh, the more times you're seeing uh, 17 being open. So uh, he's doing a nice job of uh, running his routes. And um, you just got to know that uh, this might not be his year to catch 100 passes around here, but uh, at some point, he's going to be uh, he's going to be one of the top options and get uh, some more balls coming his way. He just got to continue to run his routes to win, and he's going to be a contributor here for a while. You, uh, you, he kept his touchdown pass ball. Um, well, actually, Red Batty held on to it until I allowed him, until <laughs> I released it to uh, <laughs> to his custody. Uh, Got to give Red some props on the loyalty there. You know, he was thinking about me and uh, my 200 touchdown there. But uh, after James threw 100 into the stands at Atlanta, um, I thought it only fitting that Devonta get that one because now I don't have 100 or 200. Um, what are you thinking when James Jones? Did you know it was 100? I knew I was on 99 starting that game, uh, and as I threw. The pass and he broke into the open. I it did like oh there's that's hundred you know I need to, you know I I want to hold on to this one this would be a good keeper you know hundred touchdown that's that's a good achievement there and then it, he threw it into the stands. Uh, I was just laughing to myself like that's just yeah that's just perfect. Um all right so you don't have one hundred you don't have two hundred I saw Peyton Manning got five hundred. Uh, that's a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. Um, so. And he said he doesn't really keep many balls. Do you have, what do you have? Like, what ball, what significant accomplishment footballs do you have in your possession? I got the first one at Dallas. Uh, You'll break down the play for us to show off like you usually do. To Greg. Uh, I don't remember what play it was. You're lying. You're lying to me. 
I remember they played uh, they played their Diamond Cover Four, and I hit Greg on a pivot route. Okay. Um, it's probably Pin, actually. I think it was. But uh, I have that one. I have a couple of the footballs from the playoffs um, in 2010 because I had the ball in my hands at the end of uh, a couple of those games. I think uh, oh, for Neil Eagles game, I grabbed it. I have no idea what happened to the Super Bowl ball because I took a knee and then somebody came and grabbed it out of my hands. Really? Yeah. I was, uh, somebody grabbed my helmet. I think it was a legit person. All I know is that somebody came to grab my helmet and I gave it to that person and they gave me a hat. And then somebody grabbed the football at some point. And the rest is kind of a whirlwind of trying to get the, uh, we're going to Disneyland, we're going to Disney World tapes done after about 10 takes, which really should have only taken one apiece. Uh, that and trying to find my way underneath the yellow ring. Uh, that separated the uh, media from the players. And then get up on the dais and get the uh, belt thrown over your shoulder. Right. All that stuff. So so you don't have very many no. souvenirs? No. Or- I, we give out game balls every week. I have uh, a number of those. I got, it uh, feels like a couple a week, uh, every week in the 2011 season. Um, and... Uh, as as I get older in the league, there's some uh, records um, that kind of get handed out uh, more frequently, the 25,000 yards and then the uh, 200 touchdowns with the fewest uh, interceptions. Um, I was just going to ask you about that. Um, Rob Domofsky did the number crunching, you know, your buddy, um, and he pointed out that you – of the guys that made it to 200 touchdowns, you had by far the fewest interceptions when you reached that threshold. You have 53. Um, I think Tom Brady had had the record at like 80-something. I was curious how much pride you take in keeping the interception number as low as you can. Right now, I think for this season, you're, what, 12 touchdowns, one interception? Um, where does that come from? Why is that so important? How much pride do you take in it, and how much does that equate to winning? I have a lot of pride in that. I think it comes from playing for the Chico Jaguars back in uh, eighth grade okay. through Coach Curtis Holder and uh, throwing way too many interceptions. Uh, really? Yeah. I'm not going to blame it on Coach Nana's play calling. Um, we weren't very good, uh, but uh, I threw more t- interceptions than touchdowns. And then my freshman year... Um, started the trend of throwing less than 10 interceptions, and I think I hit that every year. Uh, I mean, I, I've only thrown over 10 interceptions, I believe, my junior year in high school because of a poor last playoff game, and uh, then two years in the pros where I threw 10, or 11 and 13. Um, other than that, I've, I've always you know, tried to keep uh, my interceptions low, realizing that if I don't turn the football over, then uh, I'm helping our team have a better chance to win the game and um, set the record for lowest interception percentage at Cal um, and uh, take a lot of pride in that and, and enjoy having the uh, NFL record for lowest interception percentage as well. You think you can keep up uh, this pace? You know, one interception in five games, That what does that equate to? I don't Maybe know. I four? Mean, there's been a couple years that were uh, spectacular in my opinion. I mean, to only throw six in uh, 11 was was great. But last year, Nick Foles throwing 27 touchdowns and two interceptions, I think is fantastic. And Brady a couple years ago threw, I believe, 36 and four interceptions. Yeah. And to take care of the football like that is uh, phenomenal. Um, so th- that's kind of uh, the goal every year is to, uh, is to limit those. But some of them happen. I mean, there's deflections. There's guys falling down. Uh, there's and there's just bad throws, but I think the key is to limit the number of opportunities you give them. I mean, I think uh, I've thrown, you know, uh, Earl dropped one in the first game, late in that game, uh, that was kind of behind him. But other than that, there haven't been a lot uh, of even potential ones. I think that's what you want to limit, the limit of, uh, you know, the defensive guys. Thankfully, there's a reason they play defense because most of them, you know, are not the best at catching. There's some, some except I mean, Julius Peppers, Pep Wood. You know, there's some guys over the years who've been uh, got incredible hands, but uh, you, you can't count on them to drop it every single time. So just 
Ours or nobody's has always been my philosophy. Uh, two more things, and then we'll just do one inside the helmet since the game was so long ago, and we'll get to the Dolphins and your favorite part of the show, the Ask Aaron questions. Um, you... Uh, Um, what do you think of the new policy? Um, AJ was pretty outspoken, being in support of it in terms of he's been supporting this for a long time, and he said he was looking forward to giving blood and was disappointed that he didn't get to. What do you think? I think it's a good thing. I think it's uh, anytime we can continue to level the playing field, it's it's a good thing. Um, I, I think it's... Interesting. The time, the time that it took to to get this figured out, I thought it'd be a part of the uh, the new CBA. But uh, oh, in 2011. Yeah. Wow. Some of the things that that uh, that were accomplished through this, um, you know, probably could have been accomplished back then. Um, as far as independent arbitrator for some of these uh, appeals and, and different things, but you know, I think it is a good thing for the league uh, to to try and continue even the playing field and. Uh, I'm all for it. I, I'm with AJ. You know, uh, I hope uh, I hope they uh, they do some good uh, some good with this and, and continue to to uh, you know take away some of these things that are uh, don't have a place in the game. Let's uh, let's break down a play from your 42 to 10 victory over the Minnesota Vikings. What did? By, by the way, how many times have you come out of a game because you're leading by a lot? A fair amount. I'd say a lot. Yeah. What's that? What's that like? I know you did plenty of watching last year, but it was a different circumstance. What's it like? What are you doing in the fourth quarter? Um, I'm guessing joking around a little bit, but you're still working. So what what do you do when you've come out because you're so far ahead? I'm still dialed in. I'm still I'm still watching the guys, but you just become more of a uh, of a cheerleader. You know, you're pulling for the guys. You know, when when I'm playing, I'm looking at the pictures on the sidelines. So I don't see all the defensive plays, so I'm up off the sidelines watching defensive plays and uh, pulling pulling for Matt and. Um, you know, in tune with what the calls are and thinking about uh, what I would do in those situations and just hoping that uh, that things go well and we continue to move the football. And then defensively, just uh, it's fun to watch those guys because we have actually a lot of a lot of guys still playing late in the game. Right. And uh, it's fun to watch those guys uh, playing with a lot of confidence. So you didn't get to see uh, Pepper's interception because obviously you were probably looking at pictures at that point. We had actually just finished right before that. So I just got off the bench. And and saw that uh, it's still amazing to watch on replay. That he looks so fast. Right, the the running back can't catch him from. <laughs> I, I mean, I know he picks up a block, but Jamar does a nice job peeling back right there. Uh, but he looks so fast. I mean, it's tight end. He might have missed his calling. Um, Can you get him a gig? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if he wants one. I think he's okay. He's content uh, doing that. But uh, but unbelievable. The, the stat after the game. I mean. Is he the only in history to have Correct. 10 INTs and 100 sacks? 10 interceptions, 100 sacks. He's the only player in NFL history to have done that. It's phenomenal. Um, all right, let's get to the uh, – I'm sorry, I delayed our uh, our inside the helmet. Let, take us through the touchdown to Jordy. I mean, you've – are there subtle differences to all these? Because I feel like I see that play happen. The play action, touchdown pass to Jordy. I feel like I've seen it a lot since you two started playing together. Well, he's a really good football player. He is. He's a keeper. Yeah. So those plays are going to happen when you got a really good football player like that. Uh, but in terms of, are there? They're not all the same, right? They're not all no, play action. He goes down the field. It's not. No, they're different. They're different. Out. It's just looking for certain types of coverages, and you know, you can dial up that play a number of times throughout the game. This is your Milwaukee sport. That was are awesome. Gonna, are you going to deliver your sports center? <laughs> Yeah, what, I don't know what that what, was. What are the playoffs, playoff series? Well, I thought we're not in preseason anymore here. Come on, Fish. Well, we went. <laughs> that's not Fish, <laughs> that's, is it? That's not Fish. No. Um, What's well, 2 o'clock? I, I, I kept you. It's you know. 2 o'clock, yeah. Uh, we were good on time, right? Yeah, we're great on time. I'm going to keep you here for another hour. I think he. I think he <laughs> no. Uh, you know, you can dial up those plays uh, multiple times in a game and, and then just hope you get a certain type of coverage. and. Um, yeah, Mike. Mike does a good job of uh, of giving us the opportunity to uh, to make those plays happen. It helps when you have a run game, but uh, but that was against a uh, a shell coverage. That was against two shell, and uh, you know Jordy got up on 
on Smith and made a good move uh, at the top of his route. And at that point, it's really about finding a place to throw it and uh, and then make sure you put enough air on it um, to do it. But those are uh, those are fun ones when you can uh, put some air on it and lead them across the field. Yeah. Uh, because you feel good about it being a completion uh, uh, and and the guy not, the def- defender not being able to get there. One one thing that it often happens in these plays is there's uh, there's one big block or an unsung hero, and on that play was Corey Lindsley. And Corey uh, had a tough block because it was an overfront, so he had a one-on-one block with the with the shade, and uh, he was able to the last uh, as as his feet were slightly beat, uh, he was able to. Uh, to let go and not get a holding call on the play, which uh, was really smart on on his uh, on his point, and he kept running his feet. I slid to the left, uh, kind of two two hops to the left, to allow Corey to finish his block and get his guy on the ground. And as is the case, you know, whether it's the last play of the game in Chicago where John makes an incredible block to keep it open, or just to throw in in a, in a game to put us up fourteen nothing, where there's an unsung hero and it's always fun to be able to highlight those guys in that case it was Corey doing a nice job of keeping his feet moving and running his defender past the plan allowing me to to throw from a clean uh, spot and and uh, that's when you get touchdowns and you didn't have to yell at him exactly so he really doesn't mind that huh i i know i'm not supposed to bring up private conversations but you mentioned that when we were talking yesterday. he seems not to yeah, yeah. but other guys you have to be careful with you think well you just you just you lead guys different ways you know, everybody has different buttons that uh, that uh, that motivate them, and and uh, some guys respond uh, to a different type of leadership, and, and you have to adjust accordingly. Let's uh, let's look ahead to the Dolphins. I know Joe Philbin remains a good friend of yours. Uh, he is now what in year three in Miami. Yep. Um, what is the challenge of facing a friend and former coach, and then what is the challenge of just this team in general as you look at them? Well, I think it's a solid, solid defense. You know, they they run uh, a lot of different uh, types of things uh, with their coverages and their uh, blitz packages. And as I said uh, last night, you keep referencing these com- these conversations we had. Um, you know, there's different trends that are going on in the NFL, and and I think uh, what Mike Zimmer was doing in in the Bengals has really uh, spread to a lot of different teams. A lot of teams bringing seven and eight guys and putting them on line scrimmage and bringing different types of combinations of pressures behind it. Um, and Miami has that package. They also have, uh, um, you know, different uh, two shell coverages and and uh, single single pressures. They have two guys off the edge who can get it done uh, uh, just from a four man pass rush. You know, with Cameron Wake being a, a big name guy who's done it at a high level for a while and uh, really uh, you know worked on his body from the time he came uh, back to the league from the CFL and then become a legit Pro Bowl player um, and a guy you really have to account for in every single play. Um, so it's it's a talented defense. It's fun to be playing against Joe. Uh, Joe obviously knows our offense really well. Things have changed in the last three years, um, but uh, there's a lot of things that, uh, that that can stay the same. So it's about uh, you know changing the face of some things and and being smart about uh, your live signals and your dummy signals. And um, Joe, I just uh, I think there's a, you know there's a lot of guys that still still here that uh, work with Joe and and he's got uh, so much respect from the people. Uh, still here that, that know Joe and love Joe. and um, It was tough to see uh, our time end the way it did, but uh, everybody's still... Uh, his attitude in the walkthroughs, uh, uh, his excitement... Uh, you know, during the week and and the passion that he coached with, and also his his brain and and uh, the way his creativity of coming up with uh, with plays and concepts that we could uh, put in our offense. So we we love Joe and we miss him, and uh, obviously we wish him the best. Let's go to Ask Aaron. Your chance to ask Aaron Rodgers your questions. Use the hashtag Ask Aaron, or you can always email me. Uh, the first one comes from. Is your personal email on that? Is, it, is that what it is? No, it's the jwildy at espnwisconsin.com. You want to email directly to you? I can give that out. I don't use email. That's not actually. True. You're, I know it's not true. I'm actually more email now than text. Really? Yeah. Is, is it? It works better on your iPhone, or I just got a new one. Oh, congratulations! Yeah. Thanks, but no, it doesn't. Okay. Uh, the first one comes from Drew, and I I don't know if this is in reference to the which Drew are we talking about here? I can't. Uh, which Drew do you think it is? 
We're letting him get another question in? I thought you just said Drew. I thought maybe it would help. Okay. Uh, so their conversation on their show today was about whether people carry wallets or not. Oh, yeah. And I, I already know, coinc- saw this question. Coincidentally enough, what do you mean you saw this I question? I saw it. It's a terrible question, but go ahead. Keep in. Um, so uh, coincidentally enough, people are looking around for your wallet throughout Lambeau Field with Associated Bank. Drew assures me that those were not connected, but... Do you actually carry a wallet? I lost my wallet, obviously. But that's obviously, why. that's why everyone's looking for it, yes. Um, what kind of question is that? Because apparently I'm one of the few people that still carries an actual, like, billfold wallet type well, thing. Well, count me in the, as the other person that still does that. Yeah, yours is a little more... Uh, it's a little thick, huh? Yeah. Think? It's Burberry. Paul bought it for me for my birthday. Wow. One. Yeah. Is it Murberry or Burberry? <laughs> no, it- it's not a knockoff. Maybe. <laughs> it's my one of my you know one of my big extravagances is my wallet, which I've had for like eight years. Is so it, you carry it, a wallet. That's kind of a Costanza wallet there. It is. It, I, I don't put it underneath my. I don't put it. In my that's back why we pocket. need a video in it. You know what I mean? You just need the camera in here. Well, I'll take a. I'll put a picture of it on Twitter for okay, everyone. Okay, good. Because and then I'll tag you in it. Um, you have your diners club card in there. So, <laughs> is that a planes, trains, and automobiles reference? I don't know. So you you do you still carry a wallet? You don't Elba have game, one with you. Elba game. <laughs> How about those bears this year? You've uh, you've got your sunglasses, your keys, and your iPhone, but you carry a wallet somewhere. Yes, I have a wallet. Okay, and I usually carry it. What's in it? I only have two pockets though in these shorts. Okay, so kind of short. Yeah. Well, I like short shorts. When you get over thirty, it's it's uh, you you kind of don't you can't wear them like eight inches past the. But the knee, which I would, cons- which is like kind of normal. So, so when I stay short, they still go over my kneecaps. But uh, to the kids these days, <laughs> kids these days, they're kind of short. You. I would guess. I don't. So now I have no idea where the shorts sweet spot is because of you. I think if you grew up in the seventies or eighties, you can definitely wear them uh, five to six inches above the knee, and feel comfortable. So then, why do I get so much grief? You grew up in the eighties. Yeah, you, you just said seventies, sixties, and seventies. Oh, okay, I'm gonna, yeah, maybe. So your dad, well. your your dad, your uncles, those but yeah, guys dad, away he with. likes them to the kneecap though. I, okay, You've, yeah, okay. At some point in twenty years, it's gonna be that if you grew up in the nineties, then you can wear them five to six, and that's when I'll really bring out the, uh, yeah, for the over fifty basketball leagues. You don't know. Maybe by the time you're fifty, the style will be like the John Stockton shorts again. Yeah. Then I'll go back to wearing them eight inches below the kneecap. Mark says, uh, you mentioned last week that you enjoy learning about history. I just graduated with a history degree from UW-Madison. Whoop, whoop. And I wonder. That's the Berkeley of the Midwest. Yes, that's what we like to call it, too. Uh, What era of history do you find the most interesting? I like uh, Reconstruction, post-World War. Okay. Not post-World War, sorry. Post-Civil War. I I, I love the Civil War. I'm not really comfortable correcting you, so I'm glad you did that. Civil War in 1861. Why? On. I just think it's a really interesting time in our country. Is the Civil War is a very interesting time with uh, all that was going on and the and the, uh, the North South and then and then the obviously westward expansion after that. I mean, California was um, you know the late 1840s was when they found gold and obviously people moved out west. But uh, there was a, a even bigger westward expansion after uh, the Civil War, and I find that time. Uh, as they put the country back together, very interesting. Not that you asked, but I love the World War II history. That's and number the, two uh, for me. Yeah? Yeah. The greatest generation. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Uh, a lot Kevin, of great stories there. Yeah, I would agree. Kevin says, uh, as a very popular and recognizable figure, and with so many people wanting to meet you and be friends with you, do you become guarded about people in general so that you keep, quote, friendship at a superficial level. Do you ever feel isolated because of this? I thought this was really... That's a deep question. It is deep, but, like, you have friends... I mean, I've gotten to meet Papa and a lot of the other guys that you're friends with that go back to when, before, when you were Aaron Rodgers, just a guy. Now you're Aaron Rodgers, more than just a guy. How different is friendship for you? I think that's a really interesting question. Maybe I'm alone on that. I, I, that's... A good chapter for the book, I think. I hope you're actually going to write this book. Ah, I'm not going to publish it. I'm going to write it, though. (laughs) I think it's a good question, but um, it's hard to sum up in uh, 140 characters like I I try and do on Twitter sometimes. So uh, I think the best way to put it is that uh, relationships definitely change. 
uh, as fame increases, um, it uh, it highlights which are most important. And um, I think there's a good, for me, I find a good uh, balance of, uh, you know, good friends. Like I got to see in Chicago, uh, Joey, my buddy Joey, been friends since I was 11 when we lived in Oregon. Um, and got some really good friends who came up to the Seattle game uh, as well. Um, so I have friends from that era. I have friends from high school and my, my time in Chico. Uh, still keep in touch with uh, my college uh, uh, teammate and, and uh, roommate at the Clark Curd dorms, uh, Francis Blimeza, um, who lives in uh, Alameda Firefighter. Him and I are still real close. Um, so I have some good friends from there. And, and then obviously some friends from uh, my NFL days. So I think you have to have a good uh, good balance of all those things remember where he came from but uh but as as the fame increases you know there's different uh friendships that kind of fall off and and then others that uh uh that grow that's just kind of uh, what life's all about it's tough sometimes when you lose touch or uh, lose uh, that closeness with uh with uh, with friends from uh when you're younger but uh but sometimes they can't uh, handle the uh, the fame or having to share um share you as a friend with other people and sometimes they just don't want to be in you know be your, be your friend anymore because you have a different life is there uh, just out of curiosity is there a flip side of that of being friends with other for lack of a better term famous people whether it's a dating relationship or you know you're friends with brady or michael jordan or justin timberlake i mean do they <clears throat> i'm not saying it's a group or a click i'm saying Maybe they understand. There's like a mutual understanding of what it's like to, and when you need to be on and when you need to be off, that kind of thing. I think there's definitely some of that. Yeah, okay. uh, you know, it just it uh, just depends. You know, people uh, um, you meet people at different points in your life, and, and you connect with people on, on uh, you know on different levels, and it's you know it's always uh, it's always fun to meet uh, new people with good energy that uh, that you can you can connect with on uh, on different levels and. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes you, you at the same time you lose touch with people that you were friends with when you were younger. Andy asks, "How quickly did the media comments about relax get annoying?" I, mean, I don't find anything annoying about them. I I said it. Uh, yeah, I felt it, and we won a couple games. Uh, Ken asks, "What is the latest date you've played golf in Wisconsin?" And have you ever made eagle at hole number 11 at the bull? It's a shorter par four. The driver can carry over the water. Tausch used to have his outing there. I, <laughs> I was just thinking about Tausch when I played there one time when he was uh, talking about it. He could hit the green there, um, but he probably put it in the water that day. Uh, I played there this summer and actually hit iron and then hit uh, like 56-degree wedge to about... 15 feet and made birdie so i i don't know if that's uh, it's not, not an eagle way. yeah it's not an eagle i've never made eagle there i don't have think you made been... eagle anywhere yeah oh yeah really i mean i had a hole in one but i made the, i think i made you seven or eight hole. i made seven or eight eagles this year wow i made one uh i made a couple at uh, green bay country club i i almost made a two on number 10 at green bay country club driver six iron to an inch and that was that's a Par, par five. five. So that would have been double eagle. Good. Thank you. Very I'll, good. I'll, I'll be here all week. Yes. Uh, let's continue with the questions. Amanda says, my six-year-old niece asked the boys in her class if she could play football with them at recess. Mm. They told her she could play, but only if she was their cheerleader. She got the same response the next day when they were playing soccer. What would you say to young boys who don't think girls can play sports? Do you have any words of encouragement for young girls who want to play football like my niece? Uh, on a side note, I have played football with my niece in our backyard, and when she plays quarterback, she yells, 319. 319? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're never willing to actually tell people that it's green 19 or whatever. Uh, uh, so no one can say this little girl doesn't I, pay attention. Yeah, to I think uh, maybe some boys at that age be a little nervous about a girl whooping up on them a little bit at recess in any sport. Uh, we used to play Capture the Flag, which was one of my favorite uh, recess games. And boy or girl, you wanted the fastest people on your team. And there were girls who were faster than some of my friends. So you wanted them on your team. It didn't matter. You wanted to win the game. Uh, at some point, those boys are going to realize that. And, uh, you know, 
get whooped up on by the girls a little bit. They're probably a little nervous to, to let them play with them. Molly says, uh, I watched the sound effects video or sound FX video of Elshon Jeffrey mic'd up from last week, and about half the video is of him in awe of some of the plays you made during the game. Uh, he also referred to you as Houdini. In terms of nicknames you've gotten from others over the years, where would Houdini rank? And do you have any good ones, other good ones you could share? I've shared a bunch on this on I this know, program. People before. don't listen every time. I, I mean, that's okay. You found la- I, you took out an informal poll last night at the event we were at, and you found that most people listen, much to your surprise. I was very surprised, but those people have a good reason to listen. Um, this great show. Uh, yeah, and the coffee. Houdini. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know where Houdini would rank, but uh, the one that uh, I mean, there's a bunch that uh, that stick with me over the years. I'm I'm trying to trying to think of ones that I want to share. I don't really have any that I really... I don't want to correct you, but I feel like we've talked a lot about nicknames you've given out. I don't think we've talked about a lot of times the nicknames you've received. Like, we, we can't, you're our go-to guy on quality of nicknames, like Starknado, which was a flop. Yeah. Big time. A-Rod, A-Raj, Raj, kind of the familiar ones you know those are the easy ones and there's some other ones that various people have uh, have called me over the years there's a few from uh the class above me in high school um gave everybody a nickname uh mine was martha martha from fried green tomatoes i believe the movie is Haven't i've never seen it but okay i couldn't even tell you why but to, to this day, I was if I you know I'll still get a text from one of them that'll say Martha this this and this. So that that and and on the scale of uh, of demeaning nicknames mm-hmm. that year, I think that was one of the the nicer ones. Oh, so I was I was uh, I was happy about that. Uh, last three, Sean says uh, today John Ryan, your old teammate, <clears throat> posted a picture of their food menu from Delta. What's the best airline meal? you've ever had you guys have food on the plane right yeah we'll have uh you know somebody will go get some food from somewhere that i mean the food on the planes is usually pretty good but somebody usually go get something uh matt likes this um he likes a like a euro sandwich spot in town okay uh i used to get uh, uh some some mexican food for the plane i'm trying to think of what the place was called it's not there i would get moe's occasionally um do they yell welcome to moe's of course yeah every time you walk in get the triple lindy there with the double meat um but uh and then john john usually gets uh you know he's all about the free meals so he usually gets uh one of the young guys to bring him something and they'll give me like some egg rolls or something every now and then when he's stuffed after his, so his double-up meal. You and Jordy, when you uh, when you carpool to the airport on your way to the games, you guys don't stop somewhere and get something to bring with no, you? No, we're older guys. We usually have... You have someone taking care yeah. of that for you. Okay. Uh, last two, Daniel says, I'm a huge fan from Brazil. What do you think about Pac- the Packers' international fan base? Now, I know you've had some run-ins with international photographers at the coin flip of the Super Bowl, but have you had any interaction with international... Speaking European... <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, well, on that note, I'm just going to take just a second to say that I would love to play a game in London. You've said that on the show before. Yeah, say it again. I think it'd be uh, it'd be great. I know we got a great fan base. I see on uh, on Twitter, you know, fans from all over the world, and it's amazing to know that we have that kind of following all over the place. But I think. It'd be really fun to to uh, to go over there to enjoy the experience and to uh, continue to promote the game over there and see how many Packer fans we got in uh, in Europe. You um, you said on Twitter, so you you have a Twitter ban in terms of tweeting, but you um, you still look at it during yeah the every now and then I look at it yeah. So fans can know that if they want to tell you something, you may actually they may see it. Maybe, yeah. You might want to tag like Tom Crabtree in it or something, just to that make might help sure. your help your yeah. cause. Okay. Yeah, or stir him up about something to get him to say something about me. That or shoot him a Gavin. Yeah. Also a favorite follow of mine. Okay. Yes. All right. Good not me, by the way. It's not me. Again, I'm just gonna say that's not. That's not a real person. 
I don't run Shooter McGavin. I got accused last year of, run, of being Shooter McGavin. Really? I thought you just ran not Vic Ketchman. Um, the last one, <laughs> last question goes to Andre. He says, uh, are you excited? It's like four questions. Are you excited about the Bucks season? They tip uh, preseason playoff tomorrow night at the Resh. Uh, early thoughts on Jabari Parker, the new owners, Jason Kidd. It's a lot of questions. That's a bunch. I mean, I'm definitely excited about the Bucks. Um, I, Jason Kidd, being a Cal guy, love it. Um, Jabari Parker, and I, I know, uh, uh, you know, he's excited to be here. Although he is a Bears fan, he has said a few things about about being a Bears fan. He's from Chicago, right? Uh, but we're all excited to have him in Wisconsin. I think he's a he's the type of player we need. We need uh, superstar talent and uh, find a way to surround him with some good players. I think Jason's going to do a good job of uh, getting those guys to be able to play together. It's a young team, uh, but they got uh, they got some veterans who, uh, you know, we as fans are going to be expecting to uh, you know, to play well this year. It'll be fun to see how the team comes together. I think uh, there should be a, a good energy about it. Especially with the new owners and their desire to keep the team in uh, in Wisconsin, in Milwaukee, and uh, you know, great uh, great thing that the center did of donating money back to the arena fund, and uh, and the owners have, have pledged money as well. So, um, you know, that's that's important. You know, keeping the Bucks in Milwaukee is important. I'd love to to see them, uh, you know, go back to ten years ago, ten twelve years ago, when you know Ray and Big Dog were leading them. Uh, to the precipice of the NBA Finals, and that's uh, I know that'd be great for this state, especially with uh, you know the Brewers and the success that they've had. You know, unfortunate finish this year, but the Brewers uh, and and Mark Anasio, you know, have done a great job of really upping the, the fan base and generating excitement about that team. Obviously, the Packers, um, you know, do a lot uh, do a lot uh, as far as raising uh, excitement in the state, especially when the other teams have been down. But it'd be great to have the Bucks. You know, have a bounce back year this year and really get some momentum going into the next couple of years. That is this week's edition of Tuesdays with Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers Show. We'll be back next week to talk about the game against the Dolphins. Look ahead to the Panthers and, of course, take your Ask Aaron questions. Thanks for tuning in. This has been the Aaron Rodgers Show.